Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know how to navigate the ever-changing marketing jungle. Today, I'm going to be joined by Louise Brogan, and we're going to talk about how to get the most out of LinkedIn. If you have been delinquent with LinkedIn, whether you are in the business-to-business or business-to-consumer side of things, I really know today's interview is going to be super valuable for you. By the way, I am at Stelzner on Instagram, at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter slash X, and I'm also on LinkedIn if you want to follow me there. If you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you do not miss any of our future content because we've got some great content coming your way. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Louise Brogan. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Louise Brogan. If you don't know who Louise is, she runs a boutique LinkedIn marketing agency that helps establish businesses develop their presence on LinkedIn. She's host of the LinkedIn with Louise podcast. She also runs the LinkedIn VIP intensive designed to help people raise their visibility on LinkedIn. Louise, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am doing great, Mike. I am so excited to have this conversation with you today. I'm stoked that you're here today. Louise and I are going to explore creative ways to get more out of your LinkedIn activities. Before we start, though, I'd love to hear your story. How'd you get into LinkedIn? Start wherever you want to start. Okay. I love this question on the podcast. So back when I was at university, I did a degree in geography and didn't really know what to do with that degree. And I went traveling. And while I was traveling, I met a couple of guys on a tiny little boat in Indonesia in a place called the Gili Islands who were IT contractors. I was like, what is an IT contractor? This is back in, this is 1997, 98. And they, they told me what they did. And I thought that sounds quite like something I quite like to do because they worked for six months and then they traveled for a bit. Ah. <laughs> when I came back to the UK, I tried to get a job in IT, but I didn't have any qualifications in IT. So I ended up doing a master's in computing and information systems at my local university. Side story is that's where I actually met my husband. But with that IT master's, I ended up working as an IT project manager in the health service here in the UK. When I had my family, I wanted to work part time. So I had three, I had three kids um, two years after each other. It's all very organized. And <laughs> sounds like chaos to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Wait to hear the next bit. I knew that um, I wanted to build something of my own. So I come from an entrepreneurial family. My dad had his own business that he ran with his brother. And I wasn't really sure what that was going to be. So not really knowing anything about 
anything about small businesses, I started selling craft supplies. So stuff for card making and scrapbooking. Oh, cool. Yeah, on the side, well, on my maternity leave. And I thought, I think I could make a business out of this. But I like, honestly, I didn't really know very much about being a business owner. And I started with an eBay shop. I started, then went down to a market stall. Then I took head, what we call head staggers here in Northern Ireland. And I opened a retail craft shop while working part-time as an IT project manager while also having three small children. Wow. I actually opened my shop when my youngest son was three months old. Uh, so it was pretty hectic. How I got into social media and then particularly LinkedIn was because I didn't really know what I was doing in small business, my business didn't really make very much money. And I remember somebody coming to me, an economic development officer from our local council, came out to look at my business and my business plans and, and my finances in particular. And she said to me, Louise, can I be honest with you about this business? And I was like, yes, please do, because I am really, I don't know where I'm going with this. I know that I want to build up a business to leave my job, but I, you know, it's not really working out that way. And she says, you're not making any money. You're not even paying yourself any money. Um, so I don't really think this is the business for you, which kind of made sense because I didn't really have a lot of craft experience. I just knew that I wanted to work for myself. But this is in 2003. And she said to me, small businesses don't really know how to use social media. And you have a background in computing and software and you seem to know what you're doing on Facebook. So maybe you could work with other small businesses to help them understand how to use social media. And I thought, well, that sounds like a really good plan. And I can get rid of this shop and all the overheads. So I was really lucky with my landlord. I was able to close the shop. And I started a business called Social BNI, which was social media management for small businesses and a bit of training and consultancy. And it was brilliant because I was actually then able to leave my job and focus on social media full time. So fast forward a few years, Mike, and... I realized that while I could do Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn for small businesses, if you actually focused in on one platform, it made it much easier to understand how that platform worked and ran. And at the time, I was only doing really mainly doing training and training people how to use these platforms effectively for their business. And the reason I went with LinkedIn was not a lot of people were really focusing on LinkedIn back then. Now it's a completely different story. But you had a lot of people who would be helping you with your Facebook and your Instagram specifically. Um, but not a lot of people were doing LinkedIn. And when I started spending time on LinkedIn, I got business a lot faster. I got inquiries much quicker than I did on those other social media platforms. So about five years ago, I went all in and said, right, I'm going to be a LinkedIn expert. I'm going to find out exactly how this platform works. I'm going to write about it. I'm going to speak about it. I'm going to do a podcast about it. And that's how I got started in niching down to LinkedIn. And then my luck came in because during the pandemic, LinkedIn actually grew enormously. The audience on LinkedIn, I think, grew by about 300 million during the pandemic because all of a sudden people who would traditionally have gone out on the road to meet their clients and gone to networking events and, and conferences couldn't really do that as much. So they all the salespeople had to suddenly learn how to use LinkedIn. So the audience and the business growth on LinkedIn just took off during the pandemic. And I was 
pretty much in a perfect position to be able to help those people. So that's how I ended up focusing on LinkedIn. Wow, what an amazing story. And I can't even imagine being a mom with three young kids trying to do a store. You know what I mean? Like, let alone any kind of business. Congratulations on your tenacity. <laughs> and thank goodness, yes. so, thank goodness <laughs> someone came to you and said, hey, this isn't working, right? And you ought to try something totally different. So tell us a little bit about what kind of services you're providing today to your clients. Since then, I've actually built a small team and we are now a LinkedIn agency. So we do content creation and LinkedIn page management for mainly B2B professional services companies. So those organizations who know they should be on LinkedIn, but they have not got the in-house resources to do it for them, or they don't have the skills and knowledge and expertise on how to do that. So they either come to us and say, Louise, can you train our team on how to do LinkedIn? So I do a lot of training and workshops. Or, do you know what, Louise, can you just do it for us and we'll outsource it to you and your team so we're able to provide that service for our clients. The fraction of a cost of what it would have for them to bring somebody in-house to do it for them in-house. Now, this VIP intensive, is that part of that or is that something totally different? That's actually something I, I do, on my, not on my own, but a part of the business. Part of what I love to do is the teaching and the training. So the VIP intensive is a one-to-one training with me. I just finished one yesterday with a lady in New York City. So it's two parts. The first part is we go into the clients, we deep dive into their profile, and we rewrite the whole profile together. So top to bottom, 90 minutes, and you end up with a completely brand new, updated profile that's perfect for you to be using LinkedIn to win business. Then about a week later, normally, we do the second half, and that is how does LinkedIn actually work? What kind of content can I create? Um, Who should I be connecting with? How do I connect with people? How do I actually use LinkedIn to bring leads and sales into my business? So that's a two-part series, first part profile, second part okay, got my profile. What do I do now? How do I use this this platform? Outstanding. So first of all, great story. Awesome to hear what you've developed over the years. There are definitely some marketers that are listening right now that are, for example, all in on Instagram or all in on Facebook or TikTok, whether they are B2B or B2C. I would love to kind of have you make the case as to why people ought to either take a second look at LinkedIn if they've abandoned it, or if they're not on there at all, right? Why should they even be on there? And maybe even if they're B2C, you know, because I know you focus on B2B, but I know there's some advantages to B2C as well. So what do you want to say to people that are maybe not focused on LinkedIn? So the thing with LinkedIn is they've just passed the 1 billion user mark. And whether you sell a product or a service, whether you sell to another business, so B2B, or whether you sell to a consumer, the people on LinkedIn are there. They're on LinkedIn to connect with their business network. That is what it's for. Whereas Facebook, I mean, what I use Facebook for, yes, of course, I'm in Facebook groups with other small business owners, but I'm also there to connect with my friends and family. My brother lives in New Zealand and we you know, we have like a, a family chat on Facebook Messenger where we all keep up to date with each other. But when you go to LinkedIn, you are there in your business capacity. You're there to connect with other people who are in business. When you look at some of the statistics around the LinkedIn audience, and I got some up-to-date stats for us today, Mike, 50% of American LinkedIn users earn over $75,000. So if you have a product, say, for example, your product is could be personal styling, your product could be business coaching, it could be, I mean, we even have a client 
who is a children's dentist. Why are they on LinkedIn? Because the people on LinkedIn are the target market. So yes, there's businesses on LinkedIn, but those businesses are full of individuals and people. And these people have a higher income stream. So they have more money that they are able to spend or whatever it is that you are trying to sell. Before the pandemic, I went and spoke at a women's networking group here in Northern Ireland. And there's about 30 women in the room. Most of them were B2B, but there were a few there who were B2C. And this is one of my favorite stories about a B2C person that I spoke to about LinkedIn. This lady is an artist and she sells art. So she was using Instagram to show beautiful pictures of her art. And you know that was how she was trying to promote her art and get more sales of her art. She was actually an art teacher at the time that I met her. A year later, she said, because I, I spoke to her about her art and I says, well, who buys your art? And she says, well, it's people who want a nice piece of art in their room. And I said, well, that, that's great. Um, but you know, they, it was quite expensive art. So where's your target market? Where are they hanging out online? And I said, you know, there are, there are companies on LinkedIn who maybe need art to decorate their offices, or maybe there's a partner leaving the business and everybody wants to club together and get them a gift. One of your paintings could be a beautiful gift for that person. So she started going on to LinkedIn and talking about her art and the inspiration for her art. So a lot of her art was beautiful local scenery. And she said to me a year later, I interviewed her for Small Business Saturday, which is you know the Small Business Saturday coming up to Christmas, go out and shop with small businesses. And she said, your advice, Louise, has changed my life because I started sharing my art on LinkedIn and talking about my art, connecting with other local business owners and other professionals in my area. And she says, we can hardly keep up with the demand for the art. Wow! And I just thought, isn't that just, that's so fabulous and so amazing. And then, Mike, even better, she was contacted by Vogue. And they said somebody who wrote for Vogue had seen her art on LinkedIn because, remember, professional people are, are on LinkedIn because maybe their boss or their whoever they work for says, oh, we all have to have LinkedIn accounts. And they're on LinkedIn. And a lot of people on LinkedIn are not engaging with you. They are just scrolling and they're scrolling past stuff. And somebody in Vogue had seen her artwork and got in touch with her. And there's a whole feature of her in Vogue magazine in the UK. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, so today we're going to talk about creative ways to get more out of your LinkedIn activities. So I'd love to kind of unravel your strategy at a high level, and then we're going to break down kind of some of the pieces. So what is the strategy at a high level? This is my favorite way to describe LinkedIn to people, especially people who are thinking, "Mm, not really sure that's for me, that platform. If you can imagine LinkedIn as being like the online version of your favorite industry conference. And interestingly enough, there's a conference coming up soon (laughs) that I am going to in San Diego. Oh, what's the name of that conference, Louise? I believe it's Social Media Marketing World. I believe that would be right. (laughs) (laughs) So if you think about going to a conference, you're going to go to a conference that's full of interesting people and that's right for you. So if you are selling to people who work in businesses or in professional careers, where are they? You want to go to the conference that's full of the right type of people, right? So for example, I want to go to social media marketing world for a couple of different reasons. And that you've got to think about this in different ways. I want to go 
because I'm interested in the speakers. But I want to go and be in a space where all the other people who do what I do are going to be as well. And if I went to a different conference, say a conference about mechanical engineering, I would be like, oh, I don't think I'm in the right conference here. This is not really the right fit for me. Or um, some, like if I went to a conference that was selling foodstuffs, we talked about this a little bit, Mike, and I talked about candy floss. So if I went to the world's best sweets and snacks conference in Las Vegas and people were trying to sell me candy floss, I'd be going, why am I here? I'm in the wrong conference. For my American audience, that's cotton candy. <laughs> cotton candy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to approach LinkedIn in the same way that you would be approaching your favorite conference. So the first thing is, who's on this platform? Is it even the right platform for you? Are the people and the topics and the conversations being had at that conference or slash platform the right ones for you. And this is where we're going to go today to talk about how to treat LinkedIn like your favorite industry conference. I love the concept here because so many of my audience have been to uh, events, right? And some events they've been to, they're like, there's nobody here for me and they don't even know why they're there. Other events they go to and they're like, wow, my people are here. This is amazing, right? So so this, this metaphor works really well. So in light of this metaphor, then what is the first step, the first thing we need to be thinking about strategically when it comes to our LinkedIn strategy, if you will? Absolutely. So you've decided you're going to LinkedIn, you're going to this conference. So what is the first thing you're going to do? You're going to prepare ahead of time. So you're going to think, who's going to be at this conference that I want to, to meet? How am I going to present myself? So if I'm going to an industry conference, I want to make sure that I am showing up as my professional self. So people say this to me all the time, Mike, Louise, you're exactly the same person in person as you are online. Like, who else would I be? I know. <laughs> so when you're going to LinkedIn, you want to set yourself up in the best way possible for going to connect and speak and talk to people and build your network. So preparing your profile is really the first step because you want to make sure that you are putting your best foot forward when you enter the conference slash start going onto LinkedIn. So talk to us a little bit about that. What do we need to do to prepare our profile? And I, and I conceptually can grasp this because, you know, obviously in an ideal world, if you're going to an event and you know who's going to the event, you're going to look at their profile maybe in the app and you're going to see who they are and what they're all about to try to see whether or not you want to connect with them. So metaphorically, it makes total sense. But how do we prepare our profile so that it's optimized, if you will? I think most people, and I, I just did a workshop here in Northern Ireland this morning, most people haven't touched their profile in quite a long time. And actually, one of the men at the workshop apparently hadn't changed his photograph in 10 years. <laughs> I'm probably guilty so, of that. I have more gray hair than my photo shows for sure. <laughs> So you want to start at the top of your profile, something that's called introductory card. So you want to have an up-to-date profile photograph so that actually when people meet you, they recognize you as well. Because LinkedIn, a social media platform, fabulous, but you do want to actually build connections. And you, you might hop on a Zoom call from somebody you meet and you want them to recognize you. So you start with your profile photograph and your headline. Your headline should really tell us who you are, what you do, and who you do it for. And I think a lot of people 
especially people who are working for companies and organizations, all they have there is their job title and that they're really missing a trick. So if you imagine we're going to our conference, we're going to have our name and our, our name badge and maybe what it says that we do. But people want to know a little bit more about you. So have a headline that grabs someone's attention because later on, when you are engaging and commenting on content on LinkedIn, people will see your face, your name and your headline. And what your headline really does is people go, oh, I want to know more about that person. So I'm going to go and check out their profile. So the introductory card, make sure it's all up to date, up to scratch. You've got contact info on there as well. So how can people get in touch with you? Do you have your website address? You're really putting your best foot forward. And then down your profile, the key areas are your about section. Because if someone's bothered to go to your profile and they, they want to know more about you, your about section is the bit that can tell them whether you are the right fit person for them. And for me, this section is not actually about you. It's not about Mike Selzner. It's not about Louise Brogan. It's about the person reading it. How can you help that person? What products or services do you have that can help that person with whatever it is they came to your profile for in the first place? So I have a bit of a formula for this where I start with, you know, asking questions and the person reading them goes, oh, that, yeah, that's me. That's exactly what, what I need. So it could be, do you need to update your LinkedIn profile or does your team need to get more skills on LinkedIn or do you have the time, resources and knowledge to write your own content for LinkedIn? If not, read on. And so it's really starting with a few questions that people go, oh, yeah, yeah, that is me. And you get the right fit person then. And then you go into, here's how I can help you. Here are our services. Here's our products. And a big key thing that people miss out on is the call to action at the bottom. And that is, here's our website or whatever it is you want. Like on mine, there's, there's a link that people can book a call to speak to me if they want, um, as well as a website. Like turning up to this conference in person, if you go in like, well, you might, I don't offend anybody who likes to dress in, in black or gray, <laughs> but if you add a little pop of color, maybe to your outfit in social media marketing world or to your profile by adding little green um, check marks as your bullet points or little red pinpoints, that little burst of color on the screen actually really works brilliantly visually for the reader because what back in my master's in IT when I did way back in 2000 after I met those guys in that boat in Australia or in Indonesia one of the things that always stuck with me is that human beings interact with visually it's like 60,000 times faster than they do with words and you should always have white space in your about section so you never write more than three or four lines on anything on LinkedIn without taking a new paragraph because we just don't read it. We just scan through it. Whereas if you have three lines and a new paragraph and another three lines, it's much easier for us to read. And then if you add in little yellow stars or green check marks, it just makes it much easier for humans to visually engage with what you've written in there. And then don't forget about the rest of your profile as well. Just fill out the whole thing. I love this. And folks that are listening to this are beginning to understand you're getting tips about going to events and you're also getting tips about actually developing your LinkedIn profile. Because when you are at an event, 
like social media marketing world and you're sitting next to one and you have that introduction, you have to get very quickly to the point because you don't have a lot of time, right? And, and it's metaphorically very, very similar. So I love this first step. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's talk about now that we've got our profile looking beautiful and we've got our new headshots and we've described everything that you've talked about, uh, which I know we all have room for improvement here. What's the next part of the process, the next step? Okay, so the next step is you actually go to the conference. So you think about who do you want to see and who do you want to connect with, both on LinkedIn and in, in person. So who else is on that platform that you want to connect with? And this goes back to what we said earlier about if I'm a mechanical engineer, I want to connect with lots of mechanical engineers. That's who I want to find on the LinkedIn platform. A big mistake that a lot of people make is they either accept everybody's invitation to connect with them or they don't actually connect with anybody at all. So what I talk about this is about in terms of building a network of value. You want to build a network connections on LinkedIn of people who are interesting so that when they share stuff, you're actually interested in what they're sharing and people who are interested in what you have to say. So for me, for example, I have loads of other LinkedIn experts in my network because they share what's happening on LinkedIn. And I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. I want to know more about this. But also I have lots of other people who work in social media and I have people that I follow who are sharing really good tips and advice on how to build your small business. And I have a podcast. So I love to follow people who share tips and advice about podcasting. And likewise, YouTube, which is something I came to during the pandemic. as like my kind of um, distract yourself from the global pandemic by starting a YouTube channel craziness. But I follow then people. I want to find other people who are in the same space as me. And how do you find them? So imagine we're in social media marketing world, we're wandering about, because I've been there once before, and there's this big, long corridor where there's lots of people milling about. And you want to find people who are going to be somebody you want to have a conversation with, basically. So how do you find them? If you think about who else is there who's interested in the same stuff as you, that's the kind of people that you want to start connecting with. So maybe you see someone posting something interesting, and then in the comments below, I might see other people who are social media marketers or social media managers. A really good example here is Brooke Sellis. She runs the Your Partner Show. The yeah, Marketing Agency Show. Yeah. Marketing Agency Show. So I, when I find that podcast, because I love podcasts, I subscribe to the podcast and then I connect with her on LinkedIn. And then 
all the people who are commenting on her stuff every time she talks about her podcast episodes, I'm like, oh, that's somebody I want to be connected to. So I'm finding this whole network of agency owners because Brooke's talking about that stuff on LinkedIn. In the comments below are the people. That's my tribe. That's who I want to be connected with. And that's a really easy way to start building up a network that for a lot of people who are ooh, not sure about LinkedIn, it's a bit boring and stuffy, isn't it? If you take this other different approach of connecting with people who you have something in common with or you're interested in the same kind of stuff, suddenly it becomes a place where you really enjoy connecting with people and having conversations. And that's what it's really about, it's about building relationships with people that you actually are interested in them and what they're sharing in the professional space that you're operating. I believe that you told me that prior to this call that there is the ability to follow a bell or something like that, kind of like YouTube on LinkedIn, right? Yes. What's the advantage to doing that? So let's continue with the example of Brooke Ellis. So when Brooke is going to be releasing her new podcast episode, I want to know because I want to know what's on the podcast. So if I go to her profile, everybody's profile and every company page has a little bell at the top of the introductory card. And if you're listening to me and you're looking at your LinkedIn profile while I'm speaking, you're like, Louise, I don't have a bell. You can't see your own bell. <laughs> so you might think you don't have a bell, but you'll see it on everybody else's profile. If you click on that bell, LinkedIn automatically says, do you want to be notified by all the top posts from this person? Or you can select, I want to be notified about all the times this person posts. And this can be really strategic because if you think about Somebody who you're following, say it's a business coach and they all they work with people that you want to work with as well. When that person posts and you comment on their post, the people in their network see your name, your headline and your really interesting thing that you've said. And people are like, oh, who is this Louise Brogan? Let's go over and check out her profile. So it's a really strategic way to engage with LinkedIn and Brooks Ellis, I'm not stalking you, I promise. <laughs> it sounds like it's also great to help you be more aware because you can be one of the earlier commenters, right? And then when someone like Brooke or someone else sees you commenting all the time, they begin to get to know you a little bit and eventually that could lead to opportunity, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's, that was actually one of the, the ways I initially got invited onto um, some American. People say to me, well, how do you have all these clients in America? Because most of our clients are actually in the U.S., and it's, it is that approach that I've always taken to social media. It's about commenting on people who, who I like and I follow, commenting on their content, and you become they become aware of you because you're saying interesting things. So not only do, does their network become aware of you, but the person who did the post in the first place also becomes aware of you. And it's really, it's like ever-increasing circles of influence. So be strategic about whose bell you do ring, though, because you... You don't want to ring too many because then all you'll get in your notifications is every time people post. So I would select maybe three to five key people that you want to be notified when they post. And then you could, you know, you change that up. One thing with LinkedIn that is really interesting is you can train the algorithm on what it is that you want to see. So you can follow people and connect with people. And if you're following people and every time they post, you're kind of leaving comments then LinkedIn knows you're interested in this stuff. So they're going to show you more of that person's posts. If you want a mistake that some people make is they'll connect with somebody, that person's post normally will be shown to you the next time they post. And if you don't engage with that, they go, 
oh, they're not really interested in that person after all. And so they show them less of their posts to you. So if you keep posting on the same kinds of posts or the same people's posts, LinkedIn knows you like that stuff and shows more of it to you. So it is quite an easy way to train the platform on what it is that you want to see. And and think strategically, you know, about companies and people that you want to get your products or services in front of. Do spend time engaging with their content. Love it. The metaphor that I think about here from the conference to LinkedIn This is kind of like the equivalent of sitting in the front row, knowing that you want to go see certain presenters Yes. um, and then maybe standing in line to talk to them after their talk and taking selfies with them. You know what I mean? Yes. And then later posting that up on LinkedIn. It's just kind of one of those things of this is about being seen by the person, but also being seen by other people that are interested in that person. And that, that's a really key strategic thing. You had a tip. I don't know if you want to share that or, what, or do you want me to go on to the next uh, question, which is the next step? Oh, no, let's go to the next step. Okay. What's the next step? So the next step is at your conference. So you go and see, you go and see people who are speaking. Okay. And then you might sit down, you go in and you sit down at a table and you start speaking to the people next to you. What a lot of people do on LinkedIn is they will meet somebody follow them, and they don't send them a message. I imagine doing that at a conference. Now, one of my favorite ways to describe this is, so we've been to see a speaker and we've gone out to get coffee. So you're in the line to get coffee and there's a person standing next to you, right? They've just been the same speaker you've been at. So on LinkedIn, this is you've met this person in the comments. Would you then just hand that person, so you're in the coffee queue, hand that person a business card, not speak to them and walk away? No. You would say, hey, did you just see Mike Stelzer on stage there? What did you think of his talk? I thought it was really interesting. And then the other person then starts talking back to you. So for me, on LinkedIn, when you find somebody of interest, I would love you to connect with that person. But make sure that when you connect, you add a note to say why you're connecting with them. And it's as simple, Mike, as I came across you because we were both commenting on this particular post or they're in the same LinkedIn group as you. But when you connect with a message, it's a really good technique for, it's actually a good good way for six months time when that person comments on something you do. You think, how do I know that person? You go back into their profile and click on the message button. You will see the message history between you and that person rather than connecting and just moving on in the coffee queue, in the hallway, at social media, marketing world, wherever you are, you just wouldn't go somewhere, hand out your business card to everybody and walk away. Although I have to say, I actually went to an event (laughs) about six months ago where a guy literally went around all the tables, put his flyer in front of every single person and walked out again. I thought, ooh, I don't think I'll be reaching out to work with him. And I have examples too. I've had people walk up to me and say, hey, Mike, I know you're really busy. Here's my book and wander off. And it's like, I'm not going to read your book. You know what I mean? It's like, like that's no different than the business card, right? A book is just a fat business card. And that's not the way that you want to connect with people, right? If you really want to connect with people, you got to have a conversation. So when you send that message to people, like what kind, you got any tips on how to, how to create such a message instead of, Hey, saw you chatted, we should connect. I mean, that's probably not the best, the best message, right? Yes. So, I would do a little bit of work here. So if this is somebody you really want to connect with, why don't you go and look at their profile 
and hopefully they've got they've done a bit of work on their profile you look at their about section is there something there you can connect over or look and see what is their recent activity on LinkedIn so you can find all this from looking at someone's profile you can see their activity and you could say oh, I really like the article you shared about X, Y, Z, or maybe you're from the same state, but don't overthink it. I think a lot of people really overthink this, but think about why do you actually want to connect with this person? Because we bring this back to, we're building a network of value of people we actually genuinely want to do business with or have conversations with, or we want to follow what they're doing on LinkedIn just, I honestly, that's what I tell them. I say, oh, I, I saw that you you have a podcast about shoemaking. No, <laughs> I, re- I really, <laughs> just a really bad hey, analogy. The, nothing against people that like making shoes, but that's not Louise's <laughs> interest, right? <laughs> <laughs> but if you, you know, find something either on their profile or something that they've commented on and connect with them over that. Another thing that I actually do, Mike, is because I have LinkedIn premium, I can see who's looked at my profile. And honestly, sometimes I just say, hey, Mike, I saw that you looked at my profile. I would love to connect with you because your your profile says you do X, Y, Z. And I think that that's brilliant. I'd love to find out more about it. I think just be simple, genuine with people. And, and they tend to, to like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. So what I'm hearing you say is, let's say you're, you followed the bell. You've clicked the bell on a couple people that you think are really presenting great content that has an audience that is the kind of audience you want to be in front of. You're noticing some of the active commenters that are in there and you're checking out their profile, which is going to require a little bit of work. And then you're like, hey, this seems like someone I'd want to add to my network or connect with. You message them and say, hey, I noticed you just had a really thoughtful comment on Louise Brogan's post on Blink. And I agree with what you said there. Great work. I mean, you probably don't even have to ask for the connection at that point. You're just having a private conversation with them, right? Yes. And it's interesting because a lot of people just send blank connection requests. So when you actually add any message, people are like, oh, who is this person that's gone to the bother of writing a message to me? There are a lot of people who will write the same message to everybody. And then it's just a bit bland and it's not, you're like, oh, he's just sending that to everybody. Is there a restriction on how many of these messages you can do on a free account? Unfortunately, yes, they are bringing this in and it hasn't ruled out to everybody yet, but LinkedIn are trialing out limiting the number of messages you can send with free connection requests, which I think is a terrible thing if you think the platform is all about building relationships with people. So let me ask you this question then. Is the only way to send the message through a connection request or can you send a message without a connection request? That's, I guess, a clarifying question. Because you know how on Facebook you can use Messenger to message anybody, right? Yeah. So you can send an in-mail to anybody, but that requires a premium account. I see. So that's, that's LinkedIn's premium thing. I think you can also send a message to anybody who is in the same LinkedIn group as you, but groups are a wee bit hit and miss for me on LinkedIn. But if you connect with somebody, so I'll get around this, Mike, is if you've run out of these free message connection requests, if you connect with somebody and they accept your connection request, then you can send them a message. And actually, I do this with people who someone connects with me. So say somebody's listening to this and they think, oh, I really like what Louise Brogan has to say. I'm going to connect with her on LinkedIn. But they forget to add a message or they just don't bother connecting with a message. I will look at that person and say, oh, that person's a social media manager in Tucson, Arizona. I wonder, is that coming from the podcast that was released this week? And I will then send that person a message. So I I proactively will message people who connect with me 
without a message because I see the importance of developing that conversation one-to-one with people. Okay. What's the next part of this, your process? Okay. So what's a conference without speakers and what is LinkedIn without content? You know, in the analogy of treating LinkedIn as it's your favorite industry conference, all of the stuff you see in the news feed, because with the numbers on LinkedIn, only 1% of active users are actually posting any content at all. And that's way less than the number of speakers there are at a conference, I would imagine. But you want to be raising your visibility either at the conference or on LinkedIn by creating content to share with your network. So if you imagine whether you are writing a post, which is interesting, they've changed this a little bit because you used to say, what do you want to talk about in the prompt for writing a post on LinkedIn? And this morning it said, share your thoughts. I thought, ooh, that's different. Okay. But we want to raise your visibility and your profile because, again, you go along to a platform and you want to build your business and build your connections. But if you never actually post anything, how are people actually going to know what it is that you do, what you want to be known for? So likewise, you go to a conference and what we all want to be the speaker on the stage because everybody is listening to us. And when you create a post on LinkedIn, so I have a client that I worked with who is a PowerPoint expert, so Microsoft PowerPoint. And we work together to create different kinds of content on LinkedIn. So she will post text-only posts. She will post what we call, what LinkedIn people call carousel posts, but they're not the carousel post that LinkedIn calls carousel posts. They're PDF slides. And she is now being persuaded by me to upload short videos. She may not be the world's biggest PowerPoint trainer, but because she is the PowerPoint trainer who is writing content about how to improve your PowerPoint on LinkedIn, it's almost like she's opening a stage up for all the other PowerPoint trainers to come in and comment on whether they agree with this new feature on Microsoft PowerPoint. But she is the one seen as the expert because she is the one creating the conversation by sharing the content in the first place. And that is what I would love for people to do, regardless of what industry you work in. The artist at the the start of this, she was sharing her art and talking about it. So people started to follow her and she became known as an expert in local art, not just in her local network, but in on LinkedIn as a whole. That's how she got picked up by Vogue. So if you have done all the work, you've got this amazing profile, you're starting to connect with people, starting to comment on other people's posts and finding people in there. The next step is for you to share your thought leadership, your what your products and services are, how they can help people. So this is the key thing. The PowerPoint person that I worked with, she was sharing how to use PowerPoint. How, here are five tips on how you can improve your PowerPoint today, as opposed to come and buy my training on PowerPoint because nobody really wants to be sold to. Go back to the conference. If I went to hear a speaker, so maybe I would, I'm going to go and hear some people talking about YouTube at the conference because I'm really trying to build my YouTube channel up. If I walked in and they said, so here's why you should be using YouTube and here's my book, so you should buy it. I'd be like, you're not delivering me any value. You're just selling from the stage. It's the same thing on LinkedIn. We want to know useful tips and advice about whatever your product or service is, and we don't want to be sold to. So if you can can come at it from that angle, how can I share stuff that is helping the people who are now following me 
in a way that they find useful. And when this happens, Mike, what happens is people start commenting underneath. And when people start commenting underneath whatever you've shared, your message and your content gets amplified out to people who are in their network. And it just kind of goes out in ever increasing circles. And that's really the goal for us is to be the speaker on the stage who's sharing helpful stuff without selling to us. What's great about LinkedIn that's different than events is obviously with events, you have to either apply or be chosen or recruited, right? And there's only a limited amount, but on LinkedIn, anyone can take the stage metaphorically and start creating content, right? Yes. And then LinkedIn will decide if it loves your content and start showing it to more people, right? And sometimes your content will be seen to a lot more people than you have in your network, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think that the key here is if you are engaging with your network and the people that you accept into your network are connecting with you because they're interested in what you have to say. So I get a lot of connection requests from people who want to sell me software. They want to sell me podcasting software, whatever it is. I do not accept those people into my network because when I start talking about three tips for updating your LinkedIn profile, they don't care about that. So they're not going to engage with my content. What I would much rather have is a smaller network of people who actually want to hear what I have to say, because they're more likely to engage with what I'm sharing. And then LinkedIn algorithm goes, oh, a higher percentage of people are interested in what Louise Brogan is talking about. So let's show that to more people. And you can get thousands and thousands of views of your content. And what we're really aiming for here is for those people to go and check out your profile and start to have conversations with you that will lead to business and sales, because that is really why we're on there in the first place. Louise, this has been really fascinating. Love the metaphor. If people want to connect with you, I'm assuming on LinkedIn, how do they find you? And then if they want to check out your business, where do you want to send them? Sure. It's Louise Brogan on LinkedIn. And I'm going to have some really cool freebies for the audience here. If they want to visit louisebrogan.com forward slash SME. I'm going to have some free training and I'm going to have a little guide on how to use LinkedIn for business available for you guys to check out. Awesome. Louise Brogan, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your insights with us. Thank you. Loved it. Thanks so much, Mike. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 597. If you're new to this show, be sure to follow us with your favorite podcast app by clicking that follow button. If you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram, at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter slash X. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may your marketing keep evolving. Catch you next time. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.